everyone. Welcome to the New Heart Church Leadership Podcast. We believe that as you invest and listen to this message, that your life is going to move forward. So get ready for an incredible message. Uh, first off, let's go ahead and just shout out to everyone listening online today, listening wherever they're tuning in from. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. I am honored to share today. Um, and yeah, I'm going to work my hardest to, to not speak as long as my notes feel. Um, yeah, that, that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, so the story we're going to start with, it comes from uh, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11. This is a story that many of you would be familiar with, uh, the story of David. David, um, you know, the, the man after God's own heart, this warrior king, um, in chapter 11, uh, it's in this, this season uh, where kings go to war. Instead of going to war, David is back home. He sends his armies to go fight, uh, and he's back home. And while he's chilling, he lays, uh, locks eyes with um, one of his best friend's wives who is bathing on the roof, um, which I feel like that's like a, a whole other sermon just titled Bathing on the Roof. Like, why do we do some of the things that we do? Anyway, that's, that, that's for another day. That's for, for next week, maybe. Uh, but, but you, you know this how the story goes. He decides, I want her. He sends for her. They sleep together. She gets pregnant. Uh, he calls her husband back from the field of battle um, and tries to get him to sleep with his wife, but this man is too honorable to do that while his men are fighting. So he sends him out where the fighting is thickest, uh, and he winds up getting killed in the battle. Um, and then he takes uh, his former friend's wife for his own, um, but then Nathan the prophet shows up um, sometime even after uh, a baby is born, so this could be like a year a year later or so, something like that, and, uh, and he brings David, he calls him to account. God sent him there uh, to, to call David to account. It's actually kind of a cool moment. Uh, Nathan rolls up and is like, hey, I've got this scenario. What would you say uh, if this guy did this, this hypothetical story, and David comes in all strong? Well, I would say this, and I would tell him that, and I would put him in his place, yada, yada, yada. And then uh, Nathan's like, yeah, fool, I'm talking about you. I know what you did. Uh, it's, that's not the exact translation of the moment, but, uh, but, but that, that's the kind of, of space at this moment. He calls David to account. He's sent there by God to, to blow up David's spot here, and, and one of my, I was, I was thinking about this, and one of my least favorite things to do as a leader uh, is, is that moment when you have to, like, confront something with someone that you're leading, or the, or, or the moment that, that somebody's mess kind of spills out uh, that you're leading, and you, you kind of have to say something about it. I don't enjoy that particularly. I want everyone to have fun. I want everyone to feel good. I want it to be a party. Let's laugh for an hour. Like, that's me. I would like to do that. We can get work done tomorrow. Um, but these moments happen, and they have to be dealt with. Now, this moment with David is not simply uh, Nathan um, confronting David about a bad decision that he's made. That, that's not the moment. He's confronting David um, really on, on, on what's happened in his heart. David who let some messy, dark stuff stir up in his heart and in his mind. Um, that's what Nathan is confronting. Like, I, I never read this before in the story until preparing for this, uh, but 2 Samuel eleven twenty five. 25, uh, this is after Uriah is killed in the battle. 
um, and someone comes back and reports it to David uh, that, hey, we were attacking this position, and then uh, they were shooting arrows at us, so we ran, uh, and Uriah died. This is David's response. Um, he says, well, tell Joab, the, the leader of, of, of his army, tell Joab not to be discouraged, David said. The sword devours this one today and that one tomorrow. Fight harder next time and conquer the city. What an odd thing to say when you just learned that not only your army suffered a defeat, uh, but one of David's mighty men, your closest guys, uh, who's been with you before you even got in the palace, finding out he died, like there's no remorse or sadness. It, th that verse for me kind of clarifies just where his heart went. Now, thankfully, most of us aren't going to have to deal with something like this. Most of us won't have to deal with something this bad, whether it's at work or in your family or your, your kids or, 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 or someone close to you. Mo most of it won't be this bad. But everyone that we're leading, everyone in our context, everyone in this room, all of us have something um, that, that's not good that needs to be worked on. All of us at some point have something um, that comes out at some point that, that's, that, that's a struggle, some bit of unhealth, something a little bit ugly. Uh, it, it all comes out at, at some point. And the world that we live in is not very forgiving when it comes to people's mess coming to the surface. In, in the world we live in, uh, when your mess is put out there, uh, you're nothing more than a headline. Uh, you're, you're just another person ready to be canceled, uh, ready to be discarded. Um, you're, no longer, uh, you're no longer worth our, our time because you've made a mistake. We see it in, in uh, we see headlines about actors and famous people, you, you name it, all the time. That happens out in the secular world. That happens sometimes in the church world. Uh, you, you see this all the time. Someone's mess comes out. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's even... Uh, the churches that we inhabit um, that respond the, the same way to people. I want to talk about a piece of our culture today, um, one that has, um, I've been here for 11 years, 11 years, and this has been a part of our culture uh, pretty much the, the whole time. We believe the best. This is one of the things we run on. We, we believe the best. Now, when I first heard this, I don't know what happens in your mind, but in mine, I was like, this sounds like this kind of rose-colored glasses type scenario uh, where, okay, we're going to, you know, do what Jesus says and love people, so we're not going to see the mess. We're just going to love people, man. We're going to love people, and we're just not going to, we're not going to even see, see the mess. Now, that, that's not what this is about. Believing the best is not ignoring what you see. Believing the best is not ignoring what's, what's happening. We will see the mess, but we will choose in response to it to believe the best. It's not about not seeing the flaws. It's about seeing them, but continue to keep looking, looking past that flaw and seeing with eyes of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We see the mess and look past it. Not focusing on how bad it is, but turning our mind, turning our heart towards what can God do here? What might God do with this? What would it look like on the other side when this person is healed? What would it look like on the other side when this individual is freed, when this isn't a struggle anymore? What God can do, that's what we choose to see. 
there's a, there, there's a verse in, in Romans, I think it's Romans 12, 2, it says, be not transformed by the, or be not conformed by the pattern of this world, to the pattern of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, when you're following Jesus, when you're leading in his, uh, in his house, in your community, uh, there's a mind shift that needs to happen on how we see some things. And I think when it comes to people's mess, people, uh, people's failures, people's uh, mistakes, we have to have a bit of a mental shift. Uh, Romans 8:28 says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So we see the mess, and our mind shifts not to, oh, this is so bad, but man, God's going to turn this around. And at some point, this is going to be beautiful. What's ugly will be beautiful. What's broken will be healed. This is what it looks like to believe the best. Now, in this story with, with David, uh, I, I try to put my, myself in his spot thinking, you know, David is the second king of, of Israel, um, and the first one, as we know, Saul, not, not the example to follow, uh, not, not the people's champ. He, he was not the, um, the, the ideal. Um, so I'm wondering in this moment where I, at some point God tells Nathan, hey, you've got to go say this to the king. Go say this to David. I wonder if he was having any, like, flashbacks, if he was, like, wondering, oh, no, is it going to be like that again? Are we going to have another king who is starting down the wrong road? Um, I wonder what came to mind. Now, the Bible doesn't say anything about what he was thinking. It just says that he stepped in confidently, had this conversation, said what God told him to say, and, and dealt with it, um, believing because God sent him that the best would, would come out of it. But one thing that I love here is I love that in the midst of the depths of David's sin, God didn't send the message directly to David. God didn't speak to David in the middle of the night. He didn't speak to David when David was playing the harp and worshiping. He didn't tell him in a moment in private. But he picked someone from the community and sent them to David. And this is why I love that we're so encouraged uh, to do so much in community. This is why I love it because community is the vehicle by which God wants to do so much. You've heard it said probably that uh, to married folks, marriage is not just for your happiness, it's for your holiness, right? Okay, we've heard that. Uh, but I also believe that community is not just for your comfort, it is for your holiness. I, I believe that, uh, that there is something God does in community that can only happen in that context. Have you ever made a moment awkward? Have you ever made a moment awkward? Yeah, okay, we're all smiling a little bit. Uh, I have, many. Um, I, and I had a hard time picking uh, from the moments of my life different stories. Uh, and they all take too long, so I'm not going to share one today. But, but I'm thinking about those moments where you don't realize, well, no, you know immediately what has happened once it left your mouth. And there's no, like, drawing that sucker back in. You've done it. It has affected the atmosphere. And now you're going to, like, how do I move on from here? Like, we've all, we've all had these, these, these moments of something just slipping out, right? Community is the context for transformation and healing. Community is the context for that. Let me, let me read a few verses to you. Galatians 6, 1 through 2. Dear brothers and sisters, if another 
believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back on the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. James 5, 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The verses keep going on and on. There, there's so many that point to how we're supposed to continue encouraging one another, building one another up. There's so much that points to what happens in the context of community. And I believe that it, this is such because this is where the Spirit of God puts a spotlight on things that we would keep hidden. This is where the Spirit of God brings to the surface the things that we don't want to talk about. When we get in, in the middle of it with people, when the stress is high, when we're on mission together, when we're trying to make it happen, we're trying to go through life, we're too close to people to where they, they, they can't help but see what's under the surface. It's the Spirit of God highlighting these things so that they can be dealt with. We need people because that's where God works on our hearts. That's where God works on our stuff. In isolation, I think we all know this, but isolation brings dysfunction. In Second Samuel 11, 1, I said it at the beginning. This was in the season when kings normally go to war. David was a warrior king, a king that fought in the battles. But for some reason, something had shifted in his mind. And in his planning to where he was not out in the field of battle with his men, bleeding alongside them, struggling alongside them like he was supposed to be, like he was meant to be. This time, for whatever reason, he was hanging back. It says, when the kings normally go to war, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Should have been in the battle, but he was chilling. Isolation brings dysfunction. Um, we're meant to be amongst the people. And so I would say um, this is actually a, a good thing when we're leading people. Uh, as you notice, people start to draw back. As you notice, um, whether it's noticing people drawing back from community that they seem to once love or, or, or noticing that you've got some people who really were excited to be around at the beginning, but they, they haven't connected with anyone, um, there's your sign uh, that, that there should be some, there might need to be some lean in there. Uh, there might need to be some, uh, some spotlights there because left alone, there will only be unhealth there. There will only be sickness growing there. Um, but I would say as well, don't be afraid of the mess when it pops out in your life or in the life of those that you're leading or in your children or your, your husbands or wives. Don't, don't be afraid of the mess. The, the, the mess is in there. Like, know that it's in there. It, it, it coming out um, is, is a good thing. Um, and I feel like that's something that my mom used to tell me whenever, like, I was despairing about a zit on my face. And she'd come with those, like, mom pinchers and come at me and say, no, that's, it's good, baby. Let me take care of it. Like, I feel like that's, that's the same kind of thought there. Uh, but it, it, th th there's mess in there that kind of has to come to the service, but what is beautiful about the kingdom of heaven and about the way things work in this kingdom is that every failure is an opportunity for restoration. Every mess moment, every mistake is an opportunity for someone to move forward. And the crazy thing about you and I is when we see these moments, 
of mess. We see these moments of, of stuff coming out. We've got to know that we have actually been placed in proximity with those people so that the work that God needs to do can actually happen. Like if, you're, if, you, if you see it, um, it might just be because God is, help, is making you a little bit responsible for it in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's the direct conversation, whether that's to go, go, for it, go after it for them in prayer. Uh, God is calling you to that moment in, in some way, shape, or form. And so we've got to think about who is in arm's reach. Who's in arm's reach? You know, the, the call is to go into the world and make disciples of many nations. Um, and, and many of us will not go overseas to do missions. Um, but we don't need to. This is one of those nations. We're, we're living in it. The people in your neighborhood, the people in your, the people in your family, uh, your, your, your children, your brothers, your sisters, uh, that is a mission field of its own. A familiar one, a difficult one, but an important one. Uh, who's in your proximity? Who might God be calling you to in this moment? God has you in position where you're at. Whether you're enjoying your season or, or not, God has you in position there. For now, um, he's appointed you to this moment. So what will you do with it? Will you walk into it intentionally? Like the story we shared earlier where, where, uh, where the leader goes into the events with a plan to find someone to ask them to sit with her. Uh, will we walk into the relationships in our lives, into the things that God has put in our hands? If we're in school, our classmates. If we're, if we're leading a team, our team members. If we're serving, uh, serving on someone else's team, our leaders. Like the, we are, we're all appointed in ways that we, that we think are more casual than they are. God has purpose and mission and something specific for where you're at right now and for where you're going. But will we be aware of it? Nathan heard from God about David uh, and what David was hiding. He, he heard from God. And he never would have known about it unless God had spoken to him. This makes me think, how many things are happening under the radar that I don't know about in the lives of the people on my team because I'm either A, not praying for them, or B, not asking any questions. Um, and, and, and I'm not going to let myself feel crushed by this um, if I'm not, you know, up to the standard of where I think I should be with this. But today is the opportunity. Today is the time to begin. Um, it matters that you're praying. It matters that you're spending time with Jesus. It matters that you're listening to this leadership thought. It matters that you're in the room right now. It matters that you're intentional with hearing from God. The, the more that you position yourself humble and open and, and, and ready to receive and hear from God, especially on behalf of the people that you lead, on behalf of your family, friends, enemies, you name it, the more that you do that, the more that you'll have these moments where God makes things clear for you, where God leads you in a way to pray, where you might not even get something specific, but you feel a burden to pray for this person in this way. That might be God directing you in that moment, directing you for how to pray for, care for, and maybe be the, the, the answer to something that's happening under the surface. Our time with Jesus matters. Our habits of dedicating ourselves to be in his presence matters. 
So, with all this, let me say you are positioned where you're supposed to be. There are people in your life, whether they're on your team, whether walking side by side with you, whatever the arrangement is, um, that you're meant for. And they have a mess, and so do you. <laughs> and at some point, it's going to come to the surface. But when it does, it's a good thing because God can work with that. God can heal that, turn that around. And he might use you to do it, or he might use them to do that in you. Um, let's be praying for our teams. Let's be praying for our families, praying for the, 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 the people um, in our sphere. And uh, with all the faith in the room, let's see what the Lord can do, huh? All right, let me pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, my God, that you are ever faithful. You're ever good and you're ever kind. I thank you, Lord, that your love has been poured out for us, even, even knowing everything that's under the surface, even knowing every crooked thought, every broken motive, every shameful moment that we've ever had. You know it all. You see it all. You know what's happened, and you know what's ahead. And, God, your love is still for us anyway. Your desire to heal and restore and make new. It's still there, God. I pray that you would give us what we need to be your vessel. We are the community. And so, God, would you use us in your efforts to heal one another? Would you use us in your efforts to bring things uh, to the surface so that people can move forward, maybe start running in the lanes that they were meant to? Would you use us? Would you give us the grace? Um, give us the help to have grace for people. Give us the help to have conversations with people that we don't want to have. Give us the insight and the wisdom to ask the right questions. Give us the hearts that can care bigger than we want to. Would you lead us? Would you guide us in all these things? We trust you. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Everyone said amen. Hey church, we hope this message has pushed you forward in your leadership and your relationship with God. We can't wait to see you this Sunday or in a connect group. Have an amazing week. We'll see you then.